With Halloween just around the corner, my family has plenty of tricks and treats planned. But thanks to Pampers, one thing I have never been afraid of is a leaky diaper. Fear no leaks with new and improved Pampers Swaddlers, now featuring a blowout barrier at the back waist that helps prevent up to 100% of leaks, even blowouts. We've always looked forward to getting the girls dressed up for Halloween when they were babies. And with Pampers, we knew that in addition to being absolutely adorable in their costumes, they would be dry, clean, and comfortable. With Swaddlers, you can rest assured that you have superior leak protection while keeping baby skin healthy. Pampers Breathe Free Liner wicks away wetness, allowing baby skin to breathe, while the lockaway channels help keep baby skin dry and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Pamper Swaddlers are available in sizes newborn to size 8 and now feature designs with the newest animal characters, Shiloh the Elephant and Freddy the Duck. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. A little update on our March 27th live recording of Latina to Latina. You did it. You sold out our early bird tickets. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There is still time to grab your regular tickets while they last. Again, the details. We are partnering with our friends at Poderistas to bring you a conversation with New York Times bestselling author Sochil Gonzalez. It is happening at the William Vale in Brooklyn on March 27th. You can find the link to purchase tickets on our Instagram page at Latina to Latina or online at Alicia Menendez XO. I cannot wait to see you. I always say like the Latina community has been perceived as either virginal or Catholic or promiscuous, hypersexualized, right? So I say that we're all of that and we're none of that, right? We're a spectrum of experiences, a spectrum of opinions, a spectrum of perspectives that make us incredibly diverse. Jessica Gonzalez Rojas is the executive director of the National Latina Institute for Reproductive Health. She spent most of her career fighting to ensure that Latinas have access to reproductive care, and with abortion restrictions sweeping the country, that fight has never been more in focus. Jessica, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Let's start where we are right now. Mm -hmm. A bunch of different states have passed laws to restrict abortion. When a law dictates that a woman can't get an abortion after six weeks or after a fetal heartbeat is detected, what does that really mean? That means that the state legislatures, mostly men, have control over our bodies. So what it means, too, is that those who can leave the state, who have the means to do that, can get the care they need. For those who are low income, who are immigrants, who are women of color, um, who don't have the access and ability to leave the states that they live in, won't get the care that they need. And it could potentially mean criminalization, and it could potentially mean a death sentence. In Texas, they held a hearing <laughs> where they could charge a woman with homicide for having an abortion. So this has gone beyond the scope of narrative. It is way out of sync with the national understanding of our rights, our, our body, and our ability to make decisions for ourselves. So it is extreme and dangerous. What is the perception of how we as a community view sexual health issues and abortion specifically? We've done opinion polling for the last uh, eight years. Mm. And it's important that we do opinion polling because 
major mainstream opinion polls leave us out. It costs double for entities to poll Latinos because not only do you have to ensure the questions are crafted in a way that's culturally competent, you also have to transcreate the questions into Spanish. And you can't just put it into Google Translate. No, you can't do it. <laughs> If anyone's done that, you know there's lots of errors. <laughs> um, transcreation means the, is the intent of the question mirrored in, in the other language. Mm -hmm. and, and it's very expensive. And we've been specifically targeting Latinx voters. Which means what? That you're checking it against the voter file? Yes, yes. We're, we've paid a lot of money to make sure that this is a representative sample as well, so that it's against the voter file and it's also reflective of the makeup of the Latinx population in the United States. And we've done a poll about every two years or so. You know, we ask sort of the mainstream questions are, do you think abortion's legal, illegal, you know, should be Uh, legal or illegal in most cases, in all cases, right? And Latinos tend to skew a little conservative. It should be illegal in most cases or in some cases. But if you ask a Latina, Latino, would you support a loved one who's made a decision about an abortion? Would you support them? 90% of those have said yes. Mm -hmm. So if you look at it in the context of their real lives, right, not just a right, but actually if those in your life need the care, there's compassion, there's empathy. And I think that's actually a more important question to ask. We have a question about, you know, would you support abortion rights and access should the Supreme Court justice rule to uphold women's access to abortion? They mirror the general population, which is 73% said yes. And they believe birth control is not a religious issue, right? It's often painted as a religious issue including 76% of Catholic Latinos, right? They said it, it's part of preventative care. So all this is really important to note because our community has been painted as conservative on reproductive justice issues, and the conversations haven't been had in our community. When we do outreach and organizing with Latinas, Latinos, Latinxes, what we learn is many of them haven't even learned about their own bodies, right? We don't get sexual health information. We don't get it in a way that's culturally competent. And we often start with worthiness because you know that the messages that we get as, particularly as Latinas, that we're not worthy, right? That we are less than. And these messages come from the president of the United States to the media, to our own communities, right? We, we often internalize these hostile messages. So we start there. And when we talk about worth and worthiness and values and contributions and who we are and how we've actually been at the forefront of our own rights and we've been fighting for reproductive justice for decades, you know, they start seeing themselves as part of something, a part of a movement. And they start shedding away those problematic notions of who we are. I always say, like, the Latina community has been perceived as either virginal or Catholic, you know, very conservative Latina, or promiscuous, hypersexualized, right? So I say that we're all of that and we're none of that, right? We're a spectrum of experiences, a spectrum of opinions, a spectrum of perspectives that make us incredibly diverse. When my babies were going through their exploration stage, I had so much to worry about. Falling over, bumping heads, what did she just put in her mouth? The list was endless. But when they were in pamper swaddlers, I knew I never had to worry about a leaky diaper. Swaddlers are great for both baby and mommy. They keep your baby's skin healthy and dry with Pampers Breathe-Free Liner, which wicks away wetness, allowing your baby's skin to breathe. Swaddlers have always given me peace of mind knowing that diaper rash and leaky diapers were not in our future. 
There's also the blow-up barrier at the back waist to help prevent up to 100% of leaks, even blow-ups. Pamper Swaddlers are dermatologists approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic and free of parabens and latex. Your baby deserves that. And they're available in a wide range of sizes from newborn to size eight, and now feature designs with the newest animal characters, Shiloh the Elephant and Freddy the Duck. Having a diaper you can depend on is important, and it's why I have always loved Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today to start earning rewards with every diapers and wipes purchase. Not to mention, get great parenting content with Pampers Club. Hey, Red, what are you up to? Just making sure all the M&M's gifts are wrapped and the balls filled. Remember that one holiday party when we had no M&M's? Oh boy, I still have nightmares. The cookies? Yeah, you used all the M&M's candies that were meant to decorate the party treats to decorate snowmen. You did it again, didn't you? <laughs> they do look cute, though. Bringing cheer. M&M's for all fun kind. Hi, Latina to Latina listeners. It's Brenda from Tamarindo Podcast. And if you love Latina to Latina, then we know that you're going to love Tamarindo Podcast. And if you're in the L.A. area and can't make it to the Latina to Latina live event, we'd like to invite you to our event on March 28th at 6.30 p.m. We're hosting Amigas Blossoming, a night of celebrating and cultivating blossoming friendships. This will be in Highland Park, and all the details to RSVP for free are at tamarindopodcast.com forward slash events. When to start a family is a really personal decision. Some of us want kids now, and some of us aren't sure if we'll ever want them. Before I got pregnant with my daughter, my friends and I would often talk about how we wished we knew more about our own fertility, because the not knowing only made decisions and plans more confusing. I wish at the time I'd had access to Modern Fertility's at-home hormone fertility test. I recently took their fertility quiz and explored their timeline tool. It helped me think about how many kids I want, when I plan to have them, and how my hormones play into those decisions. Modern Fertility is really convenient. They ship a kit to your home and a physician reviews your results, which arrive in a few days. Similar tasks could run over $1,000 at a doctor's office, but Modern Fertility gives you access to this information for $159. And you can even use a work-flexible spending account or health savings account. In addition to your kit, Modern Fertility connects you with a fertility nurse. You can also join their weekly webinar and participate in their active online community. Most of all, Modern Fertility offers peace of mind by giving you knowledge and information to help inform some of life's biggest decisions. Tests are conducted in a CLIA-certified lab, and affiliated physicians and clinical advisors work at top fertility clinics. Visit modernfertility.com Latina. Take their fertility quiz and get $20 off your Modern Fertility test. That's modernfertility.com Latina to take the fertility quiz and get $20 off. Modernfertility.com slash Latina. What was your first act of political organizing? Getting birth control was an act of political activism. Um, In 1995, I had a partner. I went to Boston University. You know, we were sexually active. I wanted to get my birth control. So I got the address of a local Planned Parenthood. We had an appointment. We walked to the place and I remember walking by a crowd and I just kept walking and I was like, oh, that's the clinic. We had to turn around and go through that crowd. And this is when I was like kind of less politicized. And that's the moment where I saw mostly men 
carrying those horrible signs of like fake baby parts and they were grabbing me and spitting at me and yelling at me and they're like, don't do it, don't do it. And I was like, what is happening? And I remember trying to get through that crowd and not understanding really what was happening and then getting to the door and the door was locked because of security. I had a buzz in. I had to say my name out loud. These people were surrounding me and a security guard finally let me in. And I remember in that moment when I finally sat in the waiting room, I was like, I was so angered and I was so upset. And, you know, in some ways I think about it like this. They were trying to prevent me from getting an abortion. But what they did is enable me to become an activist because just that experience made me realize how how much our bodies are controlled and how we're targeted as a community just for making decisions for ourselves. Is there an experience around abortion that crystallized for you how you feel about abortion specifically? I've had family members who have had abortion. It was almost, for me, never a question. Like It was like, yes, of course, whatever they need. In the family, it was what I said earlier about the data, that Latinos who may be conservative and may not support abortion for themselves will show up for their family members. So it was this quiet secret in the family that there was a family member who got an abortion. And no one talked about it, but everyone sort of silently supported it. And she got the care that she needed, and she was young, she wasn't ready, and she made the right decision for herself at that time. And so there wasn't the, like, judgment or shame or stigma that I would have maybe expected from people in my family. It was this quiet support. For me, it just spoke to, like, where the Latinx community lives within this movement. We may not be seen on the front lines, but we are on the front lines, you know, and we are supporting this issue, whether it's quiet through holding a hand or giving, you know, $100 to the family member or friend who needs it. Or like many Latinas in history who have been at the forefront of this work, it is about speaking up and speaking out and working to change policies so no one has to experience discrimination and barriers to the care that they need. 26 years old, you run for public office. Yes. (laughs) Why did you decide to run? I was a community activist. I had worked for a congresswoman in the in the community, and I was really involved in work around the census, the 2000 census. So 99, 2000, became part of an immigrant rights organization called New Immigrant Community Empowerment to ensure that our communities were being counted. I live in Jackson Heights, Queens, which is one of the most diverse communities in the United States. And it was really important for me to see us being counted. You ran for Democratic State Committee. Committee, yes. So it's a political position, um, but it gave me the opportunity to shape the party platform in New York State. So I was sort of encouraged to do it. I looked into it. I said, why not? (laughs) I realized what a wild decision that was at 26 years old when I was working full time and going to grad school in the the evenings and then going out and knocking on doors every night for for months. (laughs) Uh, But it was a really exciting civic moment. I won the race in a three-way race against two other Latinas, which was hard because, you know, these were two Latinas that I respected and knew. But, you know, I did the work. I did the work. And, you know, I think about Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who talks about, like, it's the ground game. It's knocking on doors. It's talking to communities. And that's what I did every night, despite the fact that I had a paper due (laughs) or I had a work project to do. I, like, went out every night and knocked on doors. What did you learn from that that you now carry into your work? To listen. To listen to people. (laughs) That sounds simple, but I mean, I see so many people not listening. And what my organization does is invest in the communities that have been left behind. 
We, as a community, as an organization, do integrated voter engagement, which means that we knock on doors in communities of Latino, Latinx voters who are low propensity or high potential. I like high potential, meaning that they might just vote in like presidential elections. They don't come out for like primaries or statewide races. We go and knock on the doors and say, hey, do you know that there's a primary? Do you know that there is a, you know, a statewide race, a local race? This is our organization. This is what we stand for. Your voice matters. We do that work in Texas, in Virginia, and Florida. So we capture the people that candidates don't care about because candidates want to look at those who turn out in every, you know, who are those triple prime voters who mm-hmm. are always engaged. So our community gets left out. You have a T-shirt on. Yes. And it says, organize Agitate, educate. Okay, organize, educate. Most of us can do those Mm -hmm. things. Agitate. Yes. That is a thing a lot of people did not grow up comfortable with Mm -hmm. doing. Yes. Did you have to learn how to be comfortable with agitating? Yes. Yeah, I am a people pleaser. I value relationships. I value being in community with others. And sometimes agitating means agitating our own spaces. So I think about patriarchy in the Latinx community. That's real. Like, we see it, right? And we have to disrupt it, and we have to agitate it, and we have to dismantle it. In our homes? At work. In our homes, in our families, yes. So I think that's actually the hardest part of those three words, right? Because it's confronting really uncomfortable realities and dynamics that many of us have been raised within to be okay, right? But it's not okay. And in order to get to the world that I want to see for my son, for the next generation, we have to agitate. And it's hard and it's uncomfortable and you're going to be at risk and people are going to go after you. And believe me, they have. (laughs) But I think we have to hold that as a tool to dismantle the problematic systems in our society and in our own families and cultures. Is there something that's getting in the way of your happiness or that's just always on your mind? I found that talking with someone can make a big difference. And sometimes the logistics, finding the right person, finding the right time to talk, makes things complicated. BetterHelp connects you with an online counselor in a safe and private online environment. You can get help on your own time and at your own pace. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist. BetterHelp's professional counselors specialize in all types of things, depression, relationships, self-esteem. You can start communicating in less than 24 hours. If you're not happy with your counselor for any reason, you just request a new one at any time. Best of all, it's an affordable option. Latina to Latina listeners get 10% off your first month with the discount code LATINA. So why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com slash Latina. Fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor. That's betterhelp.com slash Latina. Before I ever was pregnant, I don't think I would have realized that that meant you, in a best case scenario, only know that you've been pregnant Mm -hmm. for two weeks. That means you took a pregnancy test the minute you could, Mm -hmm. and that pregnancy test was accurate, and then you had... Two weeks. Yeah. I didn't know I was pregnant until I was eight weeks along. I didn't, I didn't know. And I, here I am, a reproductive justice advocate. I have a really vast understanding of my body and, and of reproduction. <laughs> and I didn't know myself that I was pregnant until I was about eight weeks, maybe seven weeks, eight weeks along. Most people will not know they're pregnant at the point in which abortion has been banned. So that gives us no options. 
In addition to one of the things we always talk about in this conversation is the affordability of accessing mm-hmm. that care and the amount of time it sometimes takes someone to pull together the funds to access that care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a huge barrier. And again, it directly impacts those who earn the least. And there's an amendment in Congress that we've been fighting for 40 Three years. It's as old as I am. (laughs) And it's called the Hyde Amendment. And what it does is prohibit federal coverage of abortion care in programs like Medicaid, like Veterans Health Care, like the Indian Health Services. So those who need it the most, right, need that access to resources the most to get the care that they need, won't be able to get it. The first woman who died because of the Hyde Amendment was a Latina from Texas. Uh, Rosie Jimenez, who was studying to be a teacher. She already had a daughter. She found herself pregnant. She was unable to carry that pregnancy to term. She was unable to raise another child. And she was on Medicaid. And just because of the fact she was on Medicaid, and just because of the fact the Hyde Amendment passed uh, just a few weeks before, she ended up getting an unsafe abortion. It didn't prevent her from getting an abortion. It it prevented her from getting a safe abortion. Talk to me a little bit about that because I think that can sound very amorphous to Mm -hmm. people, this idea that if women can't access legal care, they will still find a way to Mm -hmm. do it. What does that actually look like on the ground? In Rosie's case, it meant her life. And Rosie lost her life. Thankfully, now there's so much advancements in technology. There's really good options, actually, that are outside of sort of a medical setting. There is medication abortion. uh, There's misoprostol. There's pills you can take that are actually very effective. We want to make sure that anyone who needs those pills are getting them from a reliable source with instructions, right? Because and that's something we saw at the Texas border. Exactly. That people were accessing mm-hmm. that. And for those who had accessed it, many of them had successful abortions. But for many, we're not getting the proper pills. We're not taking it properly. And we worry about that because when it's sort of out in the wild, we, we don't know what our communities are getting. And we want to ensure that they're getting the most safe and effective methods. When you legislate abortion out of reach, people are going to find other methods. Many are safe. But when there's no regulation of it, who knows what we're getting? It could just be from ineffective to dangerous. Across Latin America, we see abortion nearly outlawed. But it doesn't mean women don't get it. Mm. It just means that they're a little more at risk of, of getting a safe abortion or getting more of a clandestine abortion. We want to tell you about a podcast we think you'll like, TED en Español. In each episode, thought leaders from across the Spanish-speaking world take the TED or TEDx stage to explore the big ideas and questions of our time. Like, what is the connection between math and love? Can we apply the rules from the games of chess to winning in our lives? Or can entrepreneurs lead us to improving education and health for the entire world? The weekly podcast features talks exclusively in Spanish and is hosted by the curator of TED en Español, Jerry Garbolski. Find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. TED en Español. Ideas en nuestro idioma. If you are a Latina in Missouri or Alabama or Indiana, how do these decisions affect you specifically? What we might find are people who are pregnant and don't want to be and can't be might end up having to carry those pregnancies to term. And we know that those who want an abortion and seek an abortion but don't get it end up four times more likely in poverty. Many are already facing poverty, but it drives them deeper into poverty. 
So we look at abortion as both like a reproductive justice issue and locating abortion within the context of our lives. For an immigrant woman, there's already barriers. For low-income women, there's barriers. For trans men who find themselves pregnant, trans men can still get pregnant. There's stigma and discrimination that they face. So then compound that, the barriers that exist right now with the six-week ban, it makes it untenable. Many argue this is a much more concerted effort oh, to yes. make a legal run at mm-hmm. Roe v. Wade. Yes. Yeah. So for someone who doesn't know, what is Roe v. Wade and how does it relate to this debate? Yeah, so Roe v. Wade is a 1973 decision by the Supreme Court that upheld that, you know, abortion is accessible law of the land. But what we've seen since 1973 have been other Supreme Court cases that are chipped away. So where we landed was like abortion is law of the land up until viability. Um, which and that, means what? What's viability? Which means when the fetus could live on its own. But there's scientific disagreement about what that point is, but generally 20-something weeks. And what we've seen states do is disrespect that precedent and start finding ways to challenge those notions of what is viability. We're seeing a really concerted, anti-choice, right-wing, conservative movement that is looking to use junk science to say that the fetus has feelings or the fetus can, you know, can feel pain. And all that has been disputed by medical experts, right? But you know, the anti-choice forces don't care about truth. <laughs> they don't care about science. They really care about controlling women's bodies and, and the bodies of those who can get pregnant. So Roe v. Wade has continuously been chipped away over the last 40 years. And we're seeing state after state after state implement legislation or introduce legislation, now seeing them passed, that have just pushed the boundaries of access to care. And what the anti-abortion forces are doing is trying to introduce laws that are unconstitutional, so then they get challenged. And that the Supreme Court now, which is in conservative hands, will have to reassess that decision, um, which is very frightening, very frightening. What do you say to someone who listens to your argument about how this is about controlling women's bodies and says, okay, Jessica, I hear you, Mm -hmm. I'm on board with that. And at the same time, I have a moral quandary Mm -hmm. around this question, Mm -hmm. and I feel a tension within myself that is hard to reconcile. And that's okay. And and that's that's the work, right? The work is that we find a lot of our own activists who say, I think abortion's a sin. Like, I wouldn't get one for myself. Mm. But if a loved one decided, if my niece decided to have one, I love her and I support her and I support her decision. And that politician shouldn't be making that decision for my niece. So it's nuance. I think that's the problem with society. Like, we're quick to make something black or white, right? Yes or no. There's like, we exist in these binaries, but we're so much more nuanced and complex that we recognize that it's okay. It's important to have a faith, right? And it's important to have your moral compass. And even if it doesn't ally with your own decisions, right, having an abortion, if you find yourself pregnant, that's okay. It's about controlling the ability for someone else to get that care. Jessica, thank you so much. Yay, thank you so much. This was wonderful. Thanks, as always, for joining us. Latina to Latina is executive produced and owned by Juleka Lantigua Williams and me. Maria Muriel is our sound designer. Carolina Rodriguez is our sound engineer. Emma Forbes is the show's intern. We love hearing from you. Email us at hola at latinatolatina.com. 
Remember to subscribe or follow us on Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you're listening. And please leave a review. It is the quickest way to help us grow as a community. A little update on our March 27th live recording of Latina to Latina. You did it. You sold out our early bird tickets. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. There is still time to grab your regular tickets while they last. Again, the details. We are partnering with our friends at Poderistas to bring you a conversation with New York Times bestselling author Sochil Gonzalez. It is happening at the William Vale in Brooklyn on March 27th. You can find the link to purchase tickets on our Instagram page at Latina to Latina or online at Alicia Menendez XO. I cannot wait to see you.